Hello, and welcome once again to Moral High Ground, where we talk about what's morally right to you. And today, we're going to be talking about seeing signs. So pretty much, I see the signs, and it opened up my mind, I see the signs. Ace of Base, 90-something, I think I was in middle school, and the song kind of, it's annoying enough to make you interested in it. Anyway, <clears throat> what I want to talk about is seeing signs, and not just physical signs like stop signs and, you know, yield and dead end and all the normal signs we see in the world. I want to talk about seeing signs within humanity, seeing signs that your spouse or intimate partner is unstable seeing signs of abuse, seeing signs of sickness, seeing signs of greed or corruption or injustice. The list goes on and on. <clears throat> Some people are very capable of seeing these signs in society. They walk through and they have a sense where they know where there's something that's unjust or something that's wrong, you know. Some people have signs where they can just see you know, spiritual things, but we're going to focus more on uh, seeing signs of, right now anyway, of seeing signs that your loved one is unstable. <clears throat> one sign is to notice that a person's behavior can change depending on who they're around. Uh, they might be more intimate with you and more honest than the flesh, and then walk off and meet someone like their friend or a family member it alters their personality when you come around makes you feel less than you know or irrelevant to whatever is going on between the two of them another thing that's a bad sign in a relationship is a person that's really miserable and all they talk about is Things that are damaging, traumatic <clears throat> events that happen and, and continue to do so. Like they continue to talk about people being abused or molested and there's always misery behind it. It's nothing good, nothing positive. It's a sign that someone's very disturbed emotionally and eventually they take it out on you. No matter how much you try to resolve it, either issue the person's unwilling to compromise because they're used to acting these ways and in, in, in some cases they feel real good about it they're glorified by having that misery it's also a form of a demon that takes pleasure in, in suffering <clears throat> and a human that takes pleasure in misery and suffering this is someone that is super disturbed someone that's demonic by nature and it doesn't matter how much they try to act like they're good or they go to church or whatever, the evil side of them still latches on. And it's bad because it brings a negative energy to the person that cares or who tries to befriend that person. And ultimately, it's not good. When I see these signs in women, I usually run for the hills because it just feels like a trap, like... You know, you're setting yourself up for failure. You can't get nowhere if a woman's always emotional and streaming about stuff that they can't control and you can't fix. And if it's broke, you can't fix it. You know, some women you can, you know, bring peace to their mind and get rid of the situation, but others like to latch on because women hold on to memories of negative activities a lot stronger than men, I think. You know, and that's why they always are vindictive or whatnot. And I'm not saying all women, I'm just saying the ones that have been abused emotionally or <clears throat> disturbed in some kind of way. You know, and it's not good. There has to be a level of understanding between two people. And if you're trying to bring someone's mind to peace, a person that's steady thinking about chaos and corruption and whatnot is a person that will always be miserable no matter what 
thing you give to them, what kind of love you give them, what kind of attention you give them, and what kind of open ear that you're giving them, you know, they're not going to listen. They're just going to keep venting and venting and carrying on to the point where you're tired. And the thing about a man, <clears throat> a man gets tired of drama and bullshit after a while. And if you got a woman that's constantly doing this, you're going to either chase your man away or you're going to get a man that's going to get abusive because they're going to want you to shut up. You know, guys like, regardless of how dumb you think a guy is or whatever, a guy likes to have peace of mind. So the main thing, the main thing that makes guys different than women is we're all about trying to relax and have a peace of mind. And if we can't relax with our woman, then we're not comfortable with our woman and she becomes uh, a burden. And on top of a burden, she becomes a, a aggravation. Something that really irritates the man to the point where he just wants to get away. And so this is why a lot of women, you know, are alone or can't keep their husbands or whatnot. And it's also the reason why there's so many men who abuse women in so many different ways. To have an unrational woman means she doesn't have rational thought her mind's not on what she's doing it lacks conviction and that conviction that they need is hard for them to obtain so it's something where a person needs to search inside themselves to resolve this issue or bury the hatchet with people that they have problems with and that's what I'm saying women have to do if they have these personal issues therapy could help if therapy is truly meant to help the individual instead of medicate the person, that just makes more of a problem. And I think that's a big, big, big issue that's avoided in America as a big sign of corporational fraud in a way because you're defrauding the people by making them think, hey, you know, you got a mental illness and then you're taking money from them to medicate them when they don't need that medication. They just need an open ear as a sin heart, someone that can truly focus on the matter at hand and bring a solution to it. <clears throat> on the other hand, men have signs of traumatic issue with women based off of whatever happened with their mothers or sisters or whatever female that was closest to them in life before they started dating and procreating. You know, their mom could have been abusive yell at them a certain way during certain events, maybe a holiday or, you know, a birthday or, you know, anything like that. And certain words that their mothers say triggers them into wanting to retaliate against their mother. And so when they get into a relationship with girls and these girls say certain things, it triggers a whole different reaction out of this man to make them want to snap and do things. And, you know, retaliate. And in some cases, a guy's been in love with a woman and been mistreated. And the signs say, hey, I need to get away from this woman and get another woman. And so they keep that pattern going. Every time they see that sign, they'll move on to the next girl and the next girl. And that's a form of self-abuse, abusing themselves because they're not giving themselves the opportunity to truly love and understand these other women. Now, once again, that's something that seems like it's unfixable, but it is. They just have to find the right individuals to be able to fix it. And when I say that, I mean a woman that truly is sincere and passionate to be able to resolve that beast within that man, someone that knows the triggers and words. The problem is men like to put their past behind them and not linger on it. Most men do, unless they're beta and they're going to tell you know, a woman everything. And doing that doesn't help because they try to run you in the mud like you're a bad guy. Even when you're the most nicest guy in the world, you know, they'll take whatever little dark thing in your past and make it glorified and embellish on it to make a man look bad 
when the man was just saying it either to try to resolve the uh, mentality of the female that might be irrational herself and you know just try to share common interests to get to know each other and this is where I believe that talking about your past is bad because it's nobody's real business it's your lifestyle unless you're writing a novel about your life it's nobody's real business if you want to start fresh and new the past especially the dark stuff has to be buried and put away you have to start new fresh new memories new joy new passions and experiences with this person that you're building a relationship with not stuck on things that you dealt with with people who didn't value their lives are yours and America has a bad concept with that. I was told and seen that, like, for instance, uh, Filipinos don't like to talk about their past as a common practice amongst their whole culture where they don't talk about it. They just try to start over brand new and leave stuff buried where it belongs, and that's a good thought and concept. And I believe a lot of cultures do that, except for Americans, where they're taught to share their feelings nowadays and go on about it. After a while of doing this, so many people doing this, no one really cares. So they use these things to manipulate people and use it against them. And that's the problem. And so many women do it to where men are like, they don't want to talk about it. And so it's something worth, you know, being aware of and seeing the signs that a person doesn't want to share and just leave it like that. Quit trying to hammer it in, trying to figure somebody out. If you're trying to be with somebody, you're trying to figure something out, then you're really not interested in them because you shouldn't have to figure someone out in a way where you're invading their mentality, their lives. You're not a therapist. You're not a doctor. You're a person that's supposed to be loving them and caring for them. You know, not the enemy. You're supposed to be the lover. And so though, that's the signs of a relationship that I see this flawed. Now, on to the next. So, a sign that I see constantly that people don't is what's wrong. Okay, you should be able to see what's wrong in society. But walking down the street every day, going to the store, whatever, you should be able to see these corruptions and these atrocities. But people don't see them. They choose to ignore them. They live in a world of blissful ignorance. And when I say that, it's because, I mean, look what's going on in the world right now with America and other governments where they choose to act like they're caring for the people, but they're not. And the people eat up whatever little things they get from the government, not realizing that it's actually helping them with their agenda to manipulate the people to rule over the people and, and ultimately be a corrupt government and in America so many things are proven that they're a corrupt government they're trying to make you pay for so many different things the IRS recently had a thing with you know if you got $600 paychecks they're going to take money from you and all this and start a report or whatever the hell and it's not right for a person to work so freaking hard and get paid very little. And then everything's uh, a cost, you know? Everything's a sign and a waste of money. And people are so willing to switch to the new thing. I'll give you an example. When streaming services first came out, still, I guess, around the early 2000s or somewhere in there, you know, it was like, Okay, I'm used to, I had a DVD collection and video collection, you know, VHS or whatever. I had a lot of freaking movies and stuff, and it was because I'm a movie nerd pretty much. I'll watch anything as long as it makes sense. And even if it doesn't make sense and it's entertaining, I'll watch it. And sometimes if it's bad, I'll watch it because there's something in there that's interesting to me. I don't know. I just like movies. But my point is this. I thought it was weird that you would rather get a streaming service, pay for it month by month, you know, and be able to watch something. I think it was uh, 
I forget what it's called, something play, you buy a movie, you own it, but it's on the internet. Now, if you can't afford your internet, then that movie's stuck on there. And maybe you want to watch it one day, you can't watch it because it's stuck on this internet. You know, I thought that was pointless. You know, most people think that the internet will always be there and you can always get it, but yet there's still a cost. You got to pay for Wi-Fi. You have to pay for this online service. You know, you got to do all this to be able to watch one thing that you're interested in. When you could just buy a DVD and have a DVD player, bam, you can watch it anytime you want. Ultimately, there's a, a sign that it doesn't work, you know, but it explains that people so used to doing the new thing they want to they don't want to be out of the loop so yeah they're all going to get streaming service because a couple of their friends got it and they're bragging about it and they're lazy and don't want to spend money on getting something for themselves you know and ultimately it's bad you know they like to follow the crowd and i think the signs of following the crowd is bad unless it truly can help humanity and bring justice together we're not monkeys we're not little monkeys with our arms on our legs, stretching ourselves, you know, picking bugs out of people's hair, you know. We're not little freaking creatures that, you know, strounge around for food. You know, we have these things given to us, but yet we choose to be in a way where we think we're, uh, how can I put it, valuable. You know, that's why people buy so many valuables and make themselves seem more, you know, impressive to make themselves seem more wealthy. You know, like all these people go around and putting themselves on all kinds of, you know, platforms, musical, whether it be one of these Instagram models or whatever, they all make themselves seem wealthy. And for what? What's the point? You being wealthy doesn't, it makes life easier, but at the same time, it makes it miserable when you really are wealthy or you have more money than most because people come out of woodworks. And I know this from experience because I had money as a young adult, my early 20s. And so many people came around, family members I haven't seen since I was a toddler. And I can remember being like two and three. So, you know. It's like, well, I mean, people come out of woodworks, your friends turn against you because they're jealous of you. They think they deserve something just for being your friend, when really they weren't your friend to begin with if they can you know, change up on you, you know? And loyalties fall, and then you're stuck by yourself, and, you know, you got to pay to keep people around you. It's kind of like that story in the Bible about the wayward son or prodigal son where, you know, he wanted his dad's inheritance. And his dad's like, hey, okay, I'll give you my inheritance. Because he's the most loved son. He gives him his inheritance early. His brother stays behind with his dad. He goes off, starts partying, has fun with prostitutes and all kinds of stuff. Pretty much, like I said, paying for uh, attention, paying for having people around him. And when the money was gone, they were gone. And he's sitting there with a pig in a pig farm working to get some money. He's suffering, working a miserable job. And then he comes back. His dad welcomes him with open arms, puts a giant ring on his finger. Said, my son is back, you know, prepare a meal, get the biggest, get the biggest bull or whatever. Slaughter him so we can have a meal, you know, a feast, you know, and all the servants did this. And he was happy, you know, his son came back, but his brother wasn't, he was bitter. He's like, he gave him his inheritance, and I've been here the whole time, and now you give him a ring, like a family ring, and you give him a big old meal, and what about me? I've been here the whole time, you know? And that just shows how jealous an individual could be, how selfish or deceptive in a way. It's just... It's a form of sickness I can't explain, but there's always signs that people will always, you know, waver the opposite way. They will always look in a negative manner, no matter what achievement someone close to them gets. So there's signs to be able to tell if the person's truly on your side or against you. You should be able to see this by how conversations go. Over the years, 
I'm in my 40s now, but over the years, I'm able to tell when someone truly likes me or when they don't. And then me being me, you know, because I'm a good guy, I'm always like, you know, oh, maybe I can change this person's thought. And that's usually my uh, fault. And I can speak for myself. I'm not talking for anyone else. But usually I try to say, okay, let's try to change this person's thought, you know, maybe make him a good guy. The only problem with that is it's so hard nowadays because so many people have views that are twisted and abused and altered to where the basic good concepts are beyond them. They don't understand. They don't want to understand. And they're defective in that way because they choose to avoid their humanity. They choose to avoid helping out their fellow men. And these signs, once again, can be seen in just conversation alone. You know, a person's always talking about how they, you know, hate this, or they want this part of the world, this and that, to be like this. Then they're really hateful at heart. And eventually, no matter how good you treat them, how nice they are, that hate's going to overpower them in some kind of way. And it's going to affect how they interact with people. And ultimately, they will fall to the wayside and fall for the person who's as wicked as them. And that person will become their master or a person that will join them in arms to create more wickedness in the world. And we have that all over the place. The true sense of trying to understand the value of humanity is to understand the most simplest of things. Now, you're like, how can I understand the most simplest of things? Where's the signs in that? Well, childhood is a big sign. Think about the littlest crap that made you happy. And it won't be even nothing. Like, it could be just the most stupidest thing. And you're happy, but everybody's like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> That's understanding the pleasures of the simplest things. You know, like for instance, you know, I, you know, been using air mattresses because I'm like, I don't like hard bits. Okay, you know, they got the big air mattresses that pump up, you know, and they're like a big ass bed, not the little tiny flat ones you use camping, but the big ones where they go in layers and, you know, you can drop a freaking bowling ball on it that show in the commercials or some crap, I don't know. But, you can weigh over, you can hold over 600 pounds and stuff like that. So, anyway, and it automatically blows up on its own. You don't need a pump and all this crap because the pump is built inside it. Anyway, so, I was so, like, happy to get this air mattress. And I was just like, ah, oh, this feels good. Like, it made my whole day. Regardless of all the people I interacted with and talked to and, you know, whatever, laughing with or whatever, and all this other crap. The simplest thing that made me comfortable was having something to lay down in that, that was something I thought was better to lay in than, you know, a uh, futon or a bed or something. But yet, it would make me happy when other people would be like, what the hell is he get a mattress? Get a regular mattress. It's too stiff, you know. You got to break a mattress in. I know this might be a little weird and stupid, but I was with my ex, and, you know, I had this nice, it was pretty soft bed, but it wasn't, it still had that stiffness about it I don't like, and, man, I had sex with that girl so many times, the bed started morphing into, uh, you know, butt marks and things, and it started having this all little shape, and then it felt comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I said you gotta break a bed in. You gotta break it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just gotta do it to make your bed comfortable. Okay. So bed's really a mattress is really for somebody that's uh, you know in a relationship. Then you gotta make break it in so both of y'all can say, Hey, this is this is my spot of the bed because it got your butt mark on it for her doing the cowgirl thing. And you know, they got the other one part where her elbows and knees are on there she could sit there, I don't know, um, <laughs> going off topic, but all I'm saying is the little simplest thing in life is joyful and no signs get avoided because there's always something in the way, you know, government wants to try to help, but everything they're doing to help 
is causing chaos. And right now, Biden is in office. But think back to when Trump was in office and everything Trump did was wrong. Why is that? Because he doesn't have a, a, a you know economic degree. He doesn't have this politicianal degree. I know there's a term for it. I usually say it for some odd reason. It's oblivious to me right now. <laughs> oblivious. Speaking English sucks. But you know what I'm saying. It's early morning really when I'm recording this, so just bear with me. So, so my mind's not all together. And coffee sucks. But what I'm saying is this. It's just that the true sense of a country that's supposed to be united doesn't have these petty flaws that we have. Not these flaws that's going on for years and years and years. Like racism. It's ridiculous. We're all human. With me, it's a different concept. But I have to interact with people who can't figure out my philosophy. The way I've always felt, you know. You know, I was raised in a religious setting when I was younger. And went to religious schools and then public schools. What really messed my life up. To be honest with you, it really did. You know, I had reading problems because I was uncomfortable reading out loud because kids make fun of me. You know, and when I was in religious schools, I didn't have that problem at all. And, you know, focusing in class became harder because, you know, there was so much nonsense when people pick on people and whatnot. And one thing I know is I always had to fight. When I got into public school, when I was in regular, you know, Catholic, Christian, Protestant, whatever you want to call it, I didn't have to fight. You know, just a little dorky kid, whatever. When you get in public school, I'm freaking turning into some freaking, you know, wrestler, UFC fighter. I don't know what the hell you want to call it. Boxer, Apollo Creed, I don't know. But it's was, it was just that whole thing was like, hey, he's a big shift in difference. So that's why so many personalities is flawed. Now you could say, hey, that's because he was raised in a different school and this and that. But I'll say it's because there was a lack of God in public school. And that lack of God from everybody else rubbed off on me. And the main thing that was about it that I, that I think about now is that I as an individual was trying to protect myself from those people and ultimately looked like a bully because hey I had to fight to survive in school and it was a problem coming home because you know mom be like oh you did this again which I was always wrong even if I was right and my whole thing with fighting is I never fought to, to bully people to you know well, maybe in some cases back in the day, it depended on the bully that was bullying me, and I have a way to make people hurt people's feelings when I'm truly mad. So it don't matter if they're the bad guy, they're gonna feel like shit. You know? But my point is this, okay? Always fight for what's right. Even now, I try to fight for what's right, but not in the physical sense, more of a mental sense. I'm trying to fix the world with my voice alone and you know sometimes in history there's a person that steps up says the right thing to unite the people to bring them together to try to unite them against all injustice and corruption in forms of duplicity and in this sense we don't have anybody speaking up for American people they're lost they're lonely that's why there's so many different divisions of groups out there trying to claim their righteous spot as a true people of America, trying to unite people that don't even need to be in the same group as some people, you know? Like me personally, like, when you say that, and this is just my opinion, because I worked this shitty job at uh, uh, New Seasons Market, kind of like Whole Foods, and I remember working there and I was a temp trying to get hired and there's so much racist stuff going on there because there wasn't that many black people and I come in there happy guy like, hey you know like, that's just my nature when I'm out in public you know most of the time you know other times I'll be down whatever we all go through things but 
or I'll be lost in thought because I'm controlled by the brain. More like most, unlike most guys and other things. If, you know, like for instance, I won't make a move unless I think about I need to go do this. Then I go do that. Other than that, I'll sit around and I get bored sometimes. I'll end up, eventually, I end up playing a video game or watching a movie or something. But most of the time, I'll end up creating something like this right now because, you know, I just got to use my mind for its potential. And, uh, anyway, before I go off topic again, you know, um, you know, being happy, trying to introduce myself, things like that. And I remember there was this person, and I know it sounds funny, but that person's name was Pat. Now, this is a transgender person who had, like, jean shorts on and hairy-ass legs. And I don't know what kind of boobs those were, but, okay, and a mustache or whatever. So I'm Pat, and the shirt was a blouse and all this. And I'm not judgmental or anything. Like, hey, how you doing, Pat? I'm Shelby. You know, I'm being cool. Nice. I forget I offered something and whatnot. And, you know, I'm just being nice to the other person I was talking to there. And, you know, I'm getting up and I'm wearing away and getting my stuff together because I had some stuff in the fridge or whatever. And this individual, as I'm walking out the door, oh, I can't believe there's a nigger working here. You know, like, wait a minute. You know? And these are people... Holy crap. <laughs> glorifying themselves out there talking about they are an ethnic group or a group that, you know, is oppressed, and yet they're still saying things like that. It's like, you're not an ethnic group. You're just the person that made a decision. It's the only thing that bothers me about the LGB community is your life is based off two things, a decision and your sexual prowess. It's not based off of your birth and something you strongly believe in that can help unite people. It's more about trying to get self-assurance and be able to live comfortable with the decision you made and force other people to be comfortable with the way you believe. Now, maybe I'm wrong and maybe a lot of you will hate me for that, but it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, and most, you know, I hate men. To be honest, I hate men, but I like being a man. <laughs> you know, I like manhood, I like what it stands for, whatever, but I'm saying, and why I say I hate men, I'm saying because I would never date a dude. I don't like dudes that way. That's weird to me. You know, I prefer a woman. They're appetizing, okay? They're magically delicious. And visually, physically, and mouth-tasting, watery, delicious, okay, sticky, and I'm crazy, but <laughs> my point is this, why force people to date something that was born a man, and that stuff I don't get, and I hear a lot about it in, like, these weird, like, news or little YouTube channels where they're talking about, you know, you should be able to date a, a man or a transgender, and it's just stupid to me, you shouldn't, you should be able to do what you feel. You know, and everybody isn't born in ways. Everybody shouldn't have to accept something that you you accept. You know, and I had friends where, because I'm so easygoing, they're thinking, oh, I can tell them to go do this. He'll do this with me. You know, and I'd be like, no, I don't want to do that. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm quickly saying that because, no, I'm not going to jump up and do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, if I want to sit back and lay on my ass in my underwear and watch TV and stretch myself, that's what I'm going to do. If I want to go to the bar, drink, and play a little video poker, rather it be a normal bar or a titty bar, most likely a titty bar, then that's what I'm going to do. Okay? You always do what you feel, not what someone else feels. You shouldn't change your opinions based on what someone else's opinions are. And you shouldn't be able to obtain all the knowledge of that person and use it as your own knowledge. You have to go out and find your own knowledge. you got to seek the truth for yourself. Okay? And this is something I'm, you know, saying passionately. People should all seek their own truth. You, shouldn't, you can listen to me and say, hey, you full of shit. But just take a little bit of what I'm saying. Maybe think about it. Maybe it opens your mind. And then you go out and seek that knowledge for yourself. I'm not telling you to sit back and just listen to everything I say and follow me like a blind idiot. No, develop your own knowledge. That way your knowledge can rival my own. And we can have a debate. 
<laughs> Plain and simple. But there's signs that shows you that people don't have that knowledge. There's signs that show you these people have hidden agendas to get power. And all these groups have hidden agendas to get powers. And there's so many signs. So much signs of this. Black Lives Matter thing that happened in 2020 prove signs of trying to obtain power. You know, by saying, let's, I mean, come on, well, let's ban police, you know, funding, okay? That's trying to get power. We knew the police, the biggest gang in the whole United States, that they're controlling people, that they're racially profiling people. By doing so, yeah, they're the enemy. But by trying to take their power away, that power gets shifted to somewhere else. And if people have never looked at it like that, but if you take power from something, it's going to have to go somewhere else. Power is something that doesn't, you know, feather away. It doesn't wither away. It doesn't just crack and crumble. It gets shifted to another form. It gets mutated into something else. And by doing so, it got shifted into this group, Black Lives Matter. Okay, welcome back to Moral High Ground. I was talking about science and the signs we see in society and the world and personal signs. Now, I forget exactly where I left off. I had a, a little bit of a rude uh, awakening or a rude call or whatever the hell. Signs are important. We gotta be more aware of what's going on around us as people, as a society, as a human race. I believe that we close ourselves off to give a false sense of assurance that we're safe when we're really not. And by missing the warning signs, we doom ourselves to eternal damnation not just in the spiritual sense, but in the physical flesh. I believe that a group of people should be able to be aware of all things that are wrong. Now, some of the warning signs might seem like small tremors, petty arguments, little debates that gets turned into glorified wars. And it's just downright despicable and needs to be addressed when they occur and I believe that the way we do this is to have more connection with people to be aware of these signs yeah, I know it just sounds like I'm saying signs over and over again but for example natural disaster things that's been happening around the country and nation and all over the place we had warning signs that they were happening way before I mean they got things to tell you when the plates are moving underground they got signs to tell you when the storm is about to brew you know geography and all that they, they know they got meteorologists that's supposed to understand these things and know when they're coming and the thing about it is they act like it's a shock every time. Like they had no awareness that the storm was going to brew or this earthquake was going to hit. And if we have no awareness of these signs that these things, these natural disasters are going to hit, then why do we have these, you know, meteorologists? Why do we have these people who do ground surveillance? Why do we have these people who, you know, ocean, oceanographers and all this crap with NASA we got watching the Earth from above, and yet we have no signs that these things are going to happen. Well, I'll tell you a little history lesson. That's actual history lessons you can look up for yourself. Rather you find a book than just read it out of freaking, you know, Google or fucking uh, Wikipedia, maybe. I don't even know if it is in Wikipedia, but I read it in a book back when I was uh, trying to obtain a degree or whatever. So anyway, Los Angeles in the early 
20th century, talking about like 1905 and stuff like that, or late, you know, 19th century, 18, you know, 90 something, whatever, it's in between there. There was a guy who claimed he could change the weather. In the beginning, Los Angeles had no water coming in, no rain at all. And none of this, and a lot of people, and this is early Los Angeles. We're not talking about when the city is built and there's gangbangers and, you know, Dr. Dre and all this shit. We're, <laughs> you know, we're talking way back when, like around before Gold Rush hit, or somewhere in the Gold Rush. Anyway, this is early Los Angeles. So, this guy decided he knew how to make the weather, uh, change and what he did was I forget the name of this guy this is a funny story the reason why I remember this is because there was a lawsuit involved and this shit actually happened and this is I think now I think about it I think I read out of a law book or something I'm not sure but it was something around the time I was trying to get a degree so anyway the guy had some kind of chemical gas he created using some kind of dry ice and some other stuff and the guy went on top of a ladder and I forget what he hitched to it or some kind of crap to make it expand this gas and he was able to release it into the sty and rain did come to Los Angeles and it came and it didn't you know it came at like you know 12 inches of rain or something like that and it got more than that and what happened was it was coming too much and it was kind of making little floods or something like that. And the guy ended up getting sued by the city of Los Angeles for this rain he caused. And that was the oddest thing to me and that's why I remember the story is the city sued this guy for creating rain. Now the signs was already that he was making something that was gonna make it rain. So they were aware that it was coming. There was signs saying that, hey, this guy, might make, you know, a disaster, but they didn't look at that, they looked at the opportunity, hey, we got water, we can grow things, stuff like that, and, you know, whatnot, and for some reason, I forget how the LA River is tied into this story, but there is, it's been a mighty long time since I read the story, but, so, the thing what I'm trying to get at with this is, this guy artificially changed the weather, and, I believe with our technology now and the cluelessness of everybody around us that people are able to go out there and alter the weather for their own purposes. Now we now here's why I bring this up is one of the signs I think that a society has altered the weather is by their lack of wanting to go out and help the people that were affected by these weathers in these certain areas these natural disasters happen. For instance, Puerto Rico had a thing you know, a couple years ago when Trump was president and you know, right before pandemic hit and there was a big flood and whatever and people were, you know, dying and losing their houses and it was a natural disaster and FEMA was supposed to come. I think Trump did visit for one second or something like that. But the lack of urgency for a while for them to get over there proved that maybe they had something to do with wiping Puerto Rico out of the map, trying to anyway. And just recently there was something, and I think it was, I forget what part of Asia. Uh, anyway, this part of Asia gets floods every year, but now it's, this year it was severe to where people, the whole town, the whole country was covered. I mean, every house, water in supermarkets, water in underground parking lots, water everywhere to where people could pretty much get drowned out in seconds and no one's getting on top of roofs. So it's like, it, you know, someone might have altered that weather to make it to where the worst flood disaster in that region ever. And I believe that. I mean, some of them, we would have to say, is a random act of God. And 
reason why I say that is I constantly in this time period think of revelations. You know, when you know the pandemic hit, you know, I'm thinking of the four horsemen because it's like pestilence. And then, you know, here you got war breaking out, which was actually just, you know, riots, you know, and they're not freaking protests, they're riots. Because protest is everybody sitting around in a circle singing kumbaya or we shall not be moved. You know, they're peaceful, they're not touching nobody, they're not fighting nobody. That's a peaceful protest. One person speaking out when people quote things and they just sit there harmlessly, not affecting the city they're around or the cops they're with. And just to make a point, there were signs that was going to happen. Why? I mentioned it a lot. People are codependent. They're not used to being alone. They don't like being alone because they don't like hearing their own thoughts. And being alone is a bad thing for them. So it was a sign that once you try to release people in this society, saying they can get back out again, that they were going to protest. And it didn't have to do anything with George Floyd. It just had to do with people being tired of being inside their houses tired of being around people that they pretend to love and they just wanted to outrage, just wanted to lash out and that's what that that was and even if there was people who truly believed in George Floyd which might have been just the people in the region George Floyd came from they had the true reason to do it but everybody else faked the funk pretended to care especially here in the region I come from which is Portland, Oregon Portland, Oregon is a big racist place, always has been. And even though they did this big protest that lasted longer than anybody else, it was just for show. Because the majority of black people did not attend that rallies. Those rallies, those riots, weren't dumb enough to keep throwing rocks at the dang justice center. No black person wanted to go to jail for stupid shit. That's for reals. And right now to this day, you know, even after all that crap happened, there's racist crap going on in the city. Black Lives Matter doesn't form. There's no groups. Eventually, you're going to see if you're a follower of mine on my YouTube channel, a uh, video I did. I videotaped a whole bunch of stuff during the COVID-19 crisis, the Black Lives Matter stuff, and I'll show you things that will make you say, hmm. <laughs> And I think that's a song. <laughs> but anyway, I just believe uh, it was an act. My cousin opens a restaurant not too far from where I stay, about 10 blocks down. And they yell outside his restaurant. And this happens right now to this day. And it's, you know, he created this thing in March 2021. And it's December, you know, about to be new 2020. Okay. So it's 20, 20, you know, it's 21, but it's about to be 2020. And so the guy, he had it for like, you know, it was eight, nine months now. And people go out there and they yell racist things, like, nigger, you know, get away, nigger, and all this. I was in there eating for the first time, and uh, one woman came in there, and it was such bullshit. She was like, does this have authentic African food? Well, I only want authentic African food. And it was the racist comments that she made that made you go, well, why would you bother going in here? And there's signs that this type of stuff would happen because, first off, like I said, Portland's always been racist. You know, people in Portland try to get attention to the city to bring more money and people into the city. It's no different than like North Korea or something where someone will try to keep Americans or money coming into the country. So they want people to come in, celebrities and all this, and they try to make it look like this is a big, happy city. And it really isn't, not for people of color, you know, not for people who try to live right. There's a lot of people who's been born here, that's been moving out of this city and not returning. I'm wanting people, if I can get enough money and enough of you guys supporting me, <laughs> I'll get the hell out of this stuff. I've been here for 40 some years of this shit. But anyway, so my point is, you know, regardless of what the Black Lives Matters did, it was a sign to just show to anybody that was here that was black that it was a whole stem that they were trying to get some kind of attention, some, get, get Portland glorified on the map. That's all that was. Because I'm telling you, they 
and they just go around and they terrorize this boy, they break windows on his, you know, his uh, restaurant, you know, they try to say racist things in front of it, inside of it. I was sitting outside of the little, we got like a little outside eating area. A woman comes up to me, are you eating here? I mean, what does it matter? Who the fuck are you? You know, it is racist stuff. And then not too long ago, I went to Fred Myers. This Asian woman, okay, I pay for this. They got this weird ass underground parking lot, and it's in the, underneath the, the store. And you have to go around all this crap to go do it, right? So there's a cash, just checkout lane on the other side of the building, nowhere near that underground parking lot. I pay for the stuff right there, my beer, my pizza, whatever. And it came back the other way to where the other one is, and there's another checkout line, and you know the way down to the underground parking lot. And I'm with this girl, and she's stupid in country. And <laughs> anyway, she stops when this woman says, Oh, what are you got? Let me take out your receipts. Da, 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 da. I'm trying to go to this parking lot. This girl sitting there trying to show this woman receipt. Woman didn't even want to look at it. Then the woman sits there and looks at me. Let me see. And I'm just like, Yeah, I stole some. I stole everything. I'm black. I stole everything. What the fuck? You know, and this woman takes it all serious. Stuff. I show her the receipt. She said, oh, you didn't pay for that. I said, it says it right here on the freaking receipt. Stop it. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop this bullshit. You know what I mean? And she said, oh, uh, leave me the fuck alone. Plain and simple. Okay. Everybody's looking shocked because they're expecting me to flip out. You know, I have no time to flip out to make to make someone else feel good. And then they go around trying to make it like I'm the bad guy. When they already know they're in the wrong. And if you were a city that was running around talking about Black Lives Matter, and the first thing you see is a black person, and you're accusing them of stealing. When I was busting my ass working an ignorant-ass job, you know, day in, day in, day out, where they treat you like a slave, and the guy goes to space, pretty much you know what I'm talking about. I shouldn't have to even say a name. But this woman, you know, I'm working my ass off. Fuck, I'm trying to get drunk and chill. Um... You know, they don't care. It's just a lot of, I mean, there's more racist stuff that's been going on since then. And this city is a joke. But the signs were already there that they were trying to use the Black Lives Matter thing as a way to act like they care, but at the same time show that black people were responsible for destroying the city and stuff when really it was the cops' kids that were doing it. And there were so many signs that there was people connected to the cops doing this stuff, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that got destroyed that wasn't white owned, that was black owned. Now, if it wasn't, if it was a Black Lives Matter thing where you're trying to help black people, then why are black businesses being destroyed? There was a Burger King that I worked at at one time and had nothing but blacks and Hispanic people, you know, and what happened when the riots first started first place got destroyed was that place why it had a, a, a how can i say it? a history or or you know a rumor i don't know how to say it right now you know there's a certain way i was going to say it. but anyway they had a reputation that's what i'm trying to say they had a reputation of being slow and messing up orders and it was only one that did it like it was just one place so boom they destroyed you know the first place gets destroyed then there's a whole black uh, owned businesses that's on Martin Luther King Street got destroyed. Even a boys and girls club type of thing got some kind of attack on it. And it's because they're trying to hate the black youth and black people, period. But they're trying to make it look like, oh, we're, we're fighting for black rights. No, you're not. You're not doing any of that. You know, and the, and the worst part is when, you know, you got the, you know, LGBT community joining in like they're part of the you know solution when they're really part of the problem there was somebody who had a Facebook video and I seen it and I wanted to take it off can't find it for shit anymore even when I tried to find a way to put it on my computer to you know use as a proof that Black Lives Matter was fake here in Portland can't find it no more but they were standing in front of the Justice Center throwing rocks at it, and there was a woman setting up a stand for, like, food to give the people that were supporting it. And there was this big, you know, lesbian woman, you know, who was talking about Black Lives Matter. Someone, some, you know, there's this black guy 
couple of them walking around and they're doing things, you know. They walk, one of them walks up, stabs this, this big, heavy set woman in the breast and walks off. She just moves down real quick, like, ah, and whatever. And then uh, she just got blood coming off her shirt and stuff. And then the woman that was setting up the stand seemed like a very nice woman that was actually probably supporting the thing in a just cause. And some guy walks over behind her, tases her. So she falls on her, her thing or whatever. And then, you know, in the video of this video, they show this heavyset woman walking around, standing up, raising her arm, goes, oh, my life doesn't matter. Black lives matter. You know, what, and she said it just like that, to where it doesn't sound authentic. It sounds, you know, exaggerated, uh, you know what I mean, fake. You know, and it just, just sounded really fake and ignorant. And I was like, oh, this woman's just trying to show off, but it's not funny. You know, and if you're around Portland, there's, you know, people from out of states, they come to Portland and they deal, you know, black people. And they deal with racism where people just straight up, hey, you're a nigger and this and that. But here in Portland, you know, it's so fake. They're racist, but they act like they're your friend and they get really close and they do the most ridiculous stuff. Like out of nowhere now, they want to be like they're black and, and that's just the way to make fun of them. It's a different form of racism. Act like you're one of them and you're really racist. It's this it's stupid. It's just like, it's belittling, you know? And it's not belittling the black person. It's more belittling that individual. Just showing how ignorant there is. Living here my whole life, I see the signs way before it's time and I just don't give a shit anymore either you cool you're not man i don't care if it's a black white mexican or whatever you know if you got a good personality and you're cool heart i'm talking to you if you're not then get the hell away from me or i'm gonna get the hell away from you yeah so there's like i said there's signs that show when someone's really bigoted and the bigotness in society biggest one to me is the ridiculousness of Democrats and Republicans. And the biggest sign is that they're both corrupted, but no one sees that stuff. If we can't see the difference between the Trump was in office and Biden's in office and realize that the both of them are no different than the other, then you're an idiot. You know I mean, there's no difference between a Democrat and Republican. Here's the difference. They're rich and we're poor. We're below the money wage that that guy got hundreds of thousand. Hell, when, when Obama was in office, they raised his wages up to $500,000 a month or a year or something like that. I remember watching on the news like, oh my God, this guy's getting this much to sit around and act like an idiot. <laughs> and I got to work these shitty jobs. You know, I get maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars a week or something. Like, what the fuck? You know? And this guy's got 500 grand to sit there and go, uh, the American people, uh, we need this, uh, he does more us than me. Yeah, cause he's not even really thinking and I have to think. Okay. And so, you know, you just, that's the biggest sign is that people are, are so blind. They can't see that there's a difference between rich and poor. The war that people's fighting is wrong. The war for trying to fight for gay rights and all that shit is wrong. The war for fighting this Black Lives Matter thing is wrong. The, all this stuff is wrong. The real war that needs to be focused on is a war between the wealthy and the poor or the disappearing middle class. Because middle class, there is no middle class anymore. We're all in the same boat. That's why racism don't make sense and all this other stuff don't make sense because we're in the same boat. If I can't feed my family and you can't feed yours, then what makes me better than you? Not a damn thing. You know, but if a rich person can sit there and act like, oh, nothing's going on, then there's a problem. To put it another way, it's always like that Aerosmith song, Eat the Rich. They glorified it in their uh, Revolution X video game. They glorified it on a commercial when they went on tour to Japan. They had this commercial where Harold Smith looked like giant Godzilla people and, and they had Mothra people and stuff. And they were like, Eat up, Rich. You know, it's tight. But <laughs> Generation X. Anyway, <laughs> my point is this, okay? 
it's all a lie and the signs are there if you pay attention to what they say and what they do then you realize they're not for you and I don't care the Democrat Republican because they used to be the same party people forgot that I was talking to somebody recently and you know I was trying to explain to them the difference between Democrats and Republicans and how Democrats have always been on the negative side of the ladder you know and this dude was trying to tell me that Abraham Lincoln was a Democrat. No, he was a Republican. And I explained exactly how. I explained about the 14th Amendment, the Emancipation Proclamation, all this stuff. And this guy was like, whoa, really? He was a Republican. And it blew my fucking mind that he had no clue that Lincoln was a Republican. And what made him think he was a Democrat? Because he freed the slaves. That tells you that there was a big shift in difference, you know. The Democratic Republicans is what the party used to be called. Now, here's the thing. England has parties, too, because they're not ran underneath the Queen like some Americans that have no historical knowledge or, you know, previous knowledge or, should I say, present-day knowledge of England and the crown and the ring. They honestly believe that it's ran by the crown and the ring and the queen runs the country. They have no idea that there's something called parliament. And I ain't talking about parliament funkadelic, even though I dig listening to George Clinton and, you know, Bootsy Collins and stuff. Because that's my black music I prefer is the funk. And I, I listen to some rap and stuff, but it got to make sense. And I don't want to hear all this gangbanging nonsense. And, and I don't want to hear all this. You know, how you going to do it because it don't sound like you listening to freaking Isaac Hayes and Barry White. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to offer the left field again. But my point is this, okay? I had no idea that Parliament was ran over the Queen. And that the Queen is just, uh, you know, mascot. And I explained this to somebody. And there was this pretty... And I know this sounds crazy, but this is pretty. She's not old, ultimately beautiful, but the body was banging. And she's a British bride. And usually British brides, they body be banging. But anyway, so she was walking by and said, hey, going on? you look good. And she started talking. She goes, hello, how you doing, mate? Blah, 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 love. And then I said, holy crap. I said, you're British. And then she started talking and stuff. I said, I said you're from, you know, so <laughs> and I said, you sound like you're from Dublin or something like that. And she's like, yeah, how do you know? And I'm pretty, I'm cultural brother. I can tell the difference from accents and looking at people sometimes what region they come from. I know it sounds stupid, but I've been obsessed with humanity to where I know the historical history of the regions. I know uh, the gods of that regions. And I know the dialect of people from certain regions. So I impress a lot of people sometimes just from doing this. This is my own personal thing I do, hobby, because, you know, I'm trying to fight the world and learn the world at the same time so I can unite the world for the benefit of all mankind. And if that sounds too over your head or it makes it sound like I'm obsessed or, or how should I say it, conceited, then the hell with it. I don't care, but that's how I feel. I'm trying to achieve the ultimate goal. Keep fighting a good fight. So, plain and simple, this woman starts talking and she explained how there's multiple different parties in parliament. Altogether, four to five different parties. But all of them having their own different opinions on how the country should be ran. And how they come together but then there was a guy she was talking about who was actually the head of parliament and then she showed me a picture and you guys have seen him he's been on the news i can't remember his name for shit right now but him and biden's been on the news together he's been on the news with, with uh uh <laughs> dang it, donald trump and he almost looks like donald trump with bad hair and Anyway, she was explaining how bad that was and how America should have these different parties. And she thought when she came here that there'd be more than two parties and she didn't know. But here's a, here's a brilliant thing, people. Any of us can make a new political party. Any of us. We can come together and make new political parties. If Black Lives Matter feel they're a good party, then make your own political party. If LGBT community feels the same way, make your own political party. I believe all these groups... If they're going to be reasonable, if they're going to be something that's logical, then they have to be able to be, have a higher platform instead of trying to automatically corrupt something 
or come together and make something different. Because we're getting nowhere and we're fighting ourselves while the rich people are laughing and making money off of us. And we're making money off of every little decision we make. You come up with these new groups, they come up with a t-shirt to profit off of you. So, I mean, think about it. You know, Andrew Yang is your best bet. And he's trying to create a new political party that actually works for the people. So, think about that. Look who Andrew Yang is and who gives a damn what his race is. The man speaks the truth. Anyway, all I'm saying is there's different sized people, and you gotta pick the right side, the good side, the light side, to fight the good fight. The yin and yang is out there, so believe me, karma is real. God works through karma, even though it might seem like two different religions, one's the Tao and one's Christianity, Hebrew, whatever you want to call it, they all work together. The spirit world is connected. And God uses other cultures to reach their, his people. So believe that. And I can go on and on about more sides. And I think I've done enough for today. So I just want you all to realize that. Watch for the signs. For the end is near. Your best bet is to try to find your faith and your belief. And humble yourself. And try to have respect for your fellow man and woman. And go out there. And try to come together. This is moral high ground. Peace be with you all, and blessings upon you. Till next time, farewell.